Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! We're still here. That's the theme of the sports draft today. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. My name is Zeke. And for the last for the next half an hour, we'll be talking about the last 72 hours in sports. A winning weekend in Minnesota, or as they're saying on Twitter right now, Minnesota. Go for football. They beat Nebraska. Go for men's hockey. Albeit the help of some controversy, they beat St. Cloud State. We'll talk about that uh, coming up in a bit. You've got to go for women's hockey. They beat Minnesota State. MNUFC beats Austin FC. The Wild beat the Kings. And the Vikings beat the Panthers. A culture of winning here in Minnesota. And don't let anybody tell you anything differently. We're going to recap a bunch of those games. Second half of the sports draft. We'll talk to Mike Grimm of the Gopher Radio Network. We'll talk some Gopher men's hockey, uh, Gopher women's hockey, and then Gopher football as well. Holding on to beat Nebraska. 30-23 30-23 to 23 at Huntington Bank Stadium. Gophers have won two games in a row. They're 2-1 and one in Big Ten play. And with Iowa's loss to Purdue, formerly number 2 Iowa. I saw a tweet from the Purdue football team. It said, we beat the number 2 out of Iowa. <laughs> You'd love to see it. Things are now wide open in the Big Ten West. And the Gophers, maybe... You know, can slide up in there. We'll talk to Mike Grimm second half of the sports. But first, let's rewind the last 72 hours in sports, beginning with some Minnesota Vikings football from Carolina yesterday. Rewind time. Second and 13, Cousins shotgun looking to the left, steps up in the pocket. He'll fade to the end zone for KJ. Caught and touchdown! And the Minnesota Vikings have walked off on the Carolina Panthers. Kirk Cousins to KJ Osborne. A game-winning touchdown in overtime. And the Vikings beat Carolina 34-28. Let's go, Kirk. Let's go, KJ. Saw a tweet from uh, from Corey Heppel of WCCO Radio after the game, and it, this game felt a lot like that Lions game. I I, ha- I haven't seen back to back games for the Vikings that have had Vikings fans so disappointed to get back to five hundred. The Vikings now an even three and three with that thirty four twenty eight overtime victory against the Carolina Panthers yesterday. And here's how we got there. Uh, game started out fantastic for the defense. A guy that's been taking a lot of heat for the Vikings uh, over the last couple of weeks, making a big play on defense. Arnold goes back to pass on the first play. Protected okay, sees nothing. Floats out left, sees less. Now he throws right, and it's intercepted. Yes, it is. It is Bashad Breland. 
picking off Sam Darnold right out of the gate with a seven-yard return. Bashad Breeland, let's go with these Vikings. Yeah, Breeland uh, didn't allow a single reception, was targeted six times, gave up zero passing yards. Bashad Breeland, the corner ranked dead last in PFF rankings and also added his first interception of the season. Took a while for the Vikings offense to heat up, though, after that Breeland interception, settled for a field goal. Then their next offensive drive, Justin Jefferson fumbled midway through the first quarter, led to a two-yard touchdown run from Chuba Hubbard as the Panthers take a 7-3 to lead. Vikings put together an 11-play drive on their next offensive possession, but had to settle for another field goal. The next drive. How about this? Another guy who's been taking a lot of heat these last couple weeks, scoring his first touchdown for the Vikings. Handoff, no play action, pass left, caught. Chris Herndon! Touchdown! Flag comes in late. Chris Herndon with his first touchdown and first reception as a member of the Minnesota Vikings has given the road team a 12-7 lead. Vikings went for two, didn't get it. Zane Gonzalez hits a field goal for the Panthers before half, and the Vikings went to the locker room with that 12-10 lead. Quarter number three, Carolina blocks a Vikings punt and was returned for a touchdown, courtesy of Kenny Robinson, puts the Panthers up 17-12, but then Captain Kirk took over. Next possession, Vikings march downfield. Dalvin Cook scores a 16-yard touchdown, puts the Vikings back out in front. Next offensive possession, this play in the red zone from the 5-yard line extends the Vikings' lead. Shotgun, designed roll out to the right, throws to the end zone. Thielen caught it and touchdown! 18-1-9 with a wonderful catch by the boundary front right of the end zone. And the Minnesota Vikings have a 24-17 lead. Adam finishes with 11 catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Another field goal puts the Vikings up 28-17 late. But it was the same conservative decision-making by Mike Zimmer that gave Carolina a chance to get back in the game. I said it last week. The thing that has has driven me absolutely crazy about this season is the Vikings play to protect the lead, not to extend it. Carolina kicks a field goal, makes it a one-possession game. And with the Vikings with a chance to put the Panthers away, tried to kill clock, but gave the ball back to Carolina, just like we saw with Detroit last week. Huge punt by the Vikings is down at the two-yard line by Tyler Conklin. But Sam Darnold leading the Panthers on a 98-yard touchdown drive in which they converted on fourth down twice. Sam Darnold touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. Two-point conversion is good, and Carolina ties the game at 28. Sound familiar? It should, because it's pretty much what happened against the Panthers last week. Then Kirk Cousins comes in, tries to save the day with a last-minute drive, once again putting the Vikings in position to win the game in regulation. But Greg Joseph, after hitting the game-winning 54-yard field goal last week, misses wide right from 47, and the game goes to overtime. The Vikings won the coin toss, and uh, Cousins to K.J. Wright. The rest is history. Cousins, 373 passing yards Capped off with a 27-yard touchdown to K.J. Osborne. Everyone's complaining about the Vikings' offense today. The Vikings had 591 yards of total offense against one of the the NFL's best defenses on the road. Vikings now 3-3. They have a bye week next week before a team that looks like they are going to be legit Super Bowl contenders coming out of the NFC. And we haven't said that since 1996. 
Vikings, Dallas on Halloween night will be the Vikings' next game. Here is the snap to Kramer. He hands off to Williams. Bryce Williams off to the races. 40, 30, 20, 10. Rock you like a hurricane. Touchdown. Mike Grimm on the call there on the Gopher Radio Network. Bryce Williams ripping up a 56-yard touchdown run to put the Gophers up 30-16 to against the Nebraska Cornhuskers on Saturday. Final score on that one, Gophers win at Huntington Bank Stadium 32-26. Another close one coming down for the Gophers. Gophers, uh, four-and-a-half-point underdogs in this one. Nebraska had a chance to tie this game late, scored a touchdown with a minute and 12 seconds left, couldn't recover the onside kick. The Gophers killed the clock and sealed the win. They're now four and two on the season, two and one in the Big Ten. Going to look to keep this uh, winning streak going. They're going to host Maryland next Saturday. Some more football scores from over the weekend. High school football now. Detroit Lakes, they beat Park Rapids 20-14. to Lakers now 4-3 and on the season. Final game of the regular season coming up Wednesday at home against Dilworth at Glendon Felton. Fun one in Elk River. Elk River 57, Alexandria 56. As we get into our local and section scores here, Moorhead, they beat Sock Rapids Rice at home 21-12. to Newark Mills, the Eagles stay undefeated. On the season, they beat Parker's Prairie 35-6. to Pine River back is over Lake Park Audubon 44-16 to on Friday night. Red Lake County 22, Monaga 8. DGF, they've pretty much secured the number one seed in the 8-3A playoffs. They beat Fergus Falls 13-7. to DGF undefeated. They roll into the Detroit Lakes on Wednesday night. St. Cloud Cathedral keeps the Little Falls Flyers winless in Section 8-4A. Uh, Cathedral beats uh, the Flyers 13 to 12. Minoban Wabin over Wadena Deer Creek 49 to 22. Ada Borup West shuts out Underwood on Friday night 34 to nothing. Pelican Rapids over Roseau 44 to nothing. Osegas they move to five and one. They beat West Central Area 22 to 20. OTC over Frazee 20 to nothing. A huge one in Section 8 foray with playoff seating implications on the line. St. Cloud Apollo they do lose to Becker 23 to 18, but. It's Becker's closest game of the season. Becker will be the number one seed in the 8-4A playoffs, undefeated, the number one team in the state. And St. Cloud Apollo keeps it within a one-score game. Apollo and Detroit Lakes fighting for the the three and four seeds in Section 8-4A. The three seed gets a bye. The four seed has to play the five seed on Tuesday, the 26th. Staples Motley, they fall in Barnesville 42 to 7. Brandon Evansville over Bertha Hewitt 66 to 6. Bemidji beats St. Cloud Tech 41 to 8. Holly all over Breckenridge 49 to 20 in high school football action from Friday night. Switching gears real quick to soccer playoffs. Lakers versus the Alexandria Cardinals in the second round of the 8-2A girls soccer playoffs. And Alexandria ends Detroit Lakes' season. Final score is Two to nothing. The Lakers finish eight, nine, and one on the season. Alexander will now face Little Falls in the championship game with the uh, the right to go to state. That game will be in Fergus Falls tomorrow at seven o'clock. In Section Eight A for girls soccer, Fergus Falls beats Crookston two to nothing. They are your Section Eight A West champions. They will face the two seed from the East, Saint Cloud Cathedral, after they beat Saint John's Prep at Saint Ben's on Saturday three to two. Fergus Falls a chance to go to state in girls soccer with a game against Saint Cloud Cathedral tomorrow at five thirty. In the 8-3A playoffs, Bemidji has been knocked out. They lose to Elk River 3-1. Elk River advances to take on Rogers 
in girls' soccer 8-3A championship action. Coming up next on the KDLN Sports Wrap, we're joined by Mike Grimm of the Gopher Radio Network. Does play-by-play for the football team. We'll talk some Gopher football, recapping the Nebraska win from Saturday, previewing the Maryland game on Saturday. We'll talk about the uh, the fallout of number 2 Iowa losing to Purdue over the weekend. And we'll talk about that, that Gopher men's hockey no-call hooking that resulted in St. Cloud State fans throwing garbage all over the ice. A messy situation in St. Cloud on Saturday. We'll talk to Mike Grimm coming up next on the KDLM Sports Wrap. I'm Chris Rose with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Steelers needed overtime to beat the Seahawks. Geno Smith fumbled deep in his own territory in their second possession of OT, setting up Chris Boswell's game-winning kick. Steelers win 23-20. The Cowboys took care of the Patriots in overtime thanks to Dak Prescott's touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb for the walk-off win 35-29. The Cowboys are 5-1 heading into their bye. The Cardinals remain the lone unbeaten team after Kyler Murray tossed four touchdown passes to best Cleveland 37-14. Arizona continues their best start since 1974. The Ravens rolled past the Chargers 34-6. Baltimore's D holding Justin Herbert to under 200 yards passing and they picked him off. The Raiders got a W as Rich Passaccia in his coaching debut bested Denver. Derek Carr threw for 341 and two scores. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Get stylish, durable flooring for your home that will last a lifetime. And get it installed with help from Lowe's. Get Stainmaster Pet Protect Carpet starting at just $199 per square foot. And Pergo Wet Protect Laminate starting at $249 per square foot. Both with limited lifetime warranties. Order now, only at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Install available in-store only and through independent contractors. See Lowe's.com for details and licensing. U.S. only. See Lowe's.com product detail page for more warranty information. Okay, my shipments have to get to customers on time and looking good. It's possible with Staples Connect. Staples Connect has small business shipping covered with premium shipping supplies and UPS shipping services. And now, buy two, get one free on select shipping supplies like bubble roll and premium shipping boxes. Plus, get 20% off UPS Express shipping services. Explore what's new at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends 1030. Visit staplesconnect.com shipping for details. Imagine the looks on your extended family's faces this Thanksgiving when you walk in relaxed, fit, and happy. Now's the time to get your annual membership at the DLCCC. You'll have access to cardio equipment, weight machines, a walking and jogging track, racquetball and pickleball courts, the pool, backyard, and more. Buy your annual membership at the DLCCC before November 1st, and they'll waive the processing fee. That's a savings of over $50. Plus, enter to win a $500 gift certificate. Find out more at DLCCC.org. There are a lot of great jobs out there and a lot of great companies, maybe even the one you work for now. But not every job can give you what you need. Maybe you prefer consistent daytime hours. We can give you that. Maybe you'd prefer a smaller environment where your voice can be heard and your opinion matters. We do that as well. If a change might be what you're looking for, come see me at D&D Appliance. We're looking for a couple fantastic people to work in sales and in installation. We offer a competitive full-time benefits package and we can accommodate part-time as well. Ask for Chris at 1050 Highway 59 South, Detroit Lakes. 
At Menards, we purchase truckloads of paint to pass the savings on to you. Check out our huge selection of paint from Dutch Boy. These paints and primers in one have superior protection for your wall. Get a gallon of interior plant paint for only $19.99 after 11% off and $8 rebate. Right now, save 11% on everything at Menards. Savings are a mail-in rebate. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, KDLM. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota football after this. It can happen fast. The game changes and you need a new strategy. It's like your original insurance policy. It worked fine at the start, but now that you've bought a home, added a car, or expanded your business, you can't keep running the same old play. You need Western National Insurance for coverage that fits your growing needs. Western National, Minnesota's source for great-fitting auto, home, and business protection since 1901. Ask your independent agent today for Western National and go Gophers. Get that great fit feeling, Western National Insurance. The University of Minnesota football team beat Nebraska on Saturday 30-23 with elite offense in the first half and elite defense in the second half. Gopher receiver Chris Ottman-Bell caught 11 passes for 103 yards and a TD. He spoke with Justin Guard after the game. Coach Simon told us in the bye week and in the beginning of this week, you know, we all are enough. You know, if our numbers are called, we'll make the play. Uh, you know, whatever call we give on the offense, we're we going to do our job, we do our thing. So uh, it's just us coming together, us making plays, trusting each other, and just doing our thing. Your touchdown is a catch you've made a number of times. I mean, I have Fresno flashbacks where you're in the corner of the end zone. Somehow you come down with it with two feet. When did you start developing that knack for just coming up with the ball? It's all a mindset thing. You know, I learned from Rashad, I learned from Tyler, I learned from Grayson in the NFL. It's always a mindset thing. I got to be the one to come down with the ball always. So I just go up and come down with it, trust my hand, come down with it, go get it to my third hand, just make the play always. I haven't had a chance to talk to you, and I've talked to, you know, I've talked to Mo about this in the past when Rodney and Shannon were kind of the elder statesmen. They move on. He has to take the leadership role, which he still holds. It's your turn now to kind of be the alpha and the number one. So how have you approached that? Uh, just leading with influence, leading by action, leading with words, and always being the standard. You know, if I'm going to be the alpha, I got to be the leader. I got to be the standard every day, no matter what, whether it's on, on the field, off the field, in the club classroom being the standard always so i'm glad i get to take this role on and be a leader and lead these guys and i'm just happy just grateful i can that's the golden gopher daily update i'm mike graham here's your kdlm weatherology forecast bright sunshine expected today with daytime highs approaching 74 southerly winds 8 to 15 miles per hour Mainly clear skies tonight, lows dip down to about 46. Highs of a loft around 58. Tomorrow, sunshine mixed with clouds at times. Temperatures a bit below average Wednesday and Thursday with highs in the upper 40s. Chance for scattered rain showers Wednesday. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky. The KDLM Sports Wrap. We're talking to Kevin Fulness from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network this morning. Yeah, first of all, Dallas can be as mad as they want. I could not care less about <laughs> them or anything about that state, that city, or that team. Weekdays at 930 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Monday morning. It'll be a gorgeous day here in the Lakes area. Seventy-one degrees, the high. Doesn't feel like we're over halfway through October. Gophers six games into the season, football-wise, they are four and two. We're joined on the phone now by the play-by-play voice of Gopher football, Mike Graham. Mike, how was your weekend, man? 
Yeah, it was great. I had a fun time at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday, so uh, all is good, Zeke. Yeah, a, a Gopher win, a, a back-to-back Gopher wins in, in the conference definitely helps that. Gophers beat Nebraska 30-23, to but things got kind of potentially interesting at the end. Uh, re- recap the, the big win against Nebraska for us real quick. Yeah, you know, I think it was a. I think it was three major things is how I break it down. The the Gopher offense uh, with the bye week it looks to me like they you know altered a few things, got a little bit more creative with uh, now down to you know running backs three, four, and five, and had a great first half. Uh, put up 21, probably could have had 28 or more, but, uh, you know, a couple of uh, miscues. But for the most part, it was a really solid half. And the defense in the second half was really good for Minnesota. Really, the defense the whole game was good, but the second half it was especially good. Uh, made some key plays when it counted. And then on top of all of that, um, I think Nebraska has continued to have this issue where they cannot win close games, and they um, they just kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Now, I, I would suggest, because uh, I, I, you know, uh, as my friend Richard Patino always used to tell me, Twitter's not real world, Mike. Don't pay attention to Twitter. Um, and I tend to agree with him, but I did see so many Twitter, uh, so many people tweet that uh, the Gophers only won because Nebraska screwed it up. Well, I would, I, I, Nebraska did screw some things up. There's no doubt. But I would suggest that some of that was due to the Gophers' pressure, uh, due to the Gophers applying pressure, due to the Gophers forcing some things that maybe Nebraska didn't want to do. But that said, Nebraska on a fourth and goal from about the three-inch line, their running back tripped on the way to the goal line. Um, He was still looking to tumble into the end zone, and Jordan Howden was there to shove him to the deck. So somebody was in the right spot. Uh, They had a field goal that missed from, I think it was 28 or 29 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was in the Blair Walsh Memorial end zone uh, down on that <laughs> end, and he pushed it right, unlike Mr. Walsh, who yanked it left, left. but uh, I digress. And then um, they also managed to play a first down and uh, a first and 10 from their own 11, uh, from the 11-yard line. They played that into a safety. Now, uh, Asazi Atomewo and Boye Mafe were pressuring the quarterback, forced him to throw it away. It was intentional grounding in the end zone. So, uh, so many people say, boy, how could uh, Adrian Martinez do that? That was Selly. And my answer is because the Gophers made it. He was either going to get sacked or he had to throw it away. It was going to be a safety one way or the other. So um, this, that was a Minnesota forced uh, miscue, right? So it was no big deal. But, I, 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 you know, that's not to say, it, look, any team that wins is going to get some help from the other team, right? And so that, that happened. Um, but you're right, it got close. The Gophers were able, the defense especially, as we just mentioned, those three key things I think all happened in the second half. And consequently, Minnesota's now beaten Nebraska three straight times, and um, they are now 4-2 and two this year. And, and with Iowa losing to Penn State, Zeke, um, or I'm sorry, to Purdue, um, this West has become a little bit more wide open now, this battle for the West. Talking to Mike Graham from the Gopher Radio Network. Yeah, let's talk about the Purdue-Iowa game. Uh Let's, let's talk about the fallout with, with, with Iowa seemingly having a grip on the Big Ten West. They they lose to Purdue, I mean, 24-7. to And now things, uh, like you mentioned, Gophers could potentially come out on top of this division. It's open. It's there for the taking. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of ramifications for this. So let me start by saying this. I think everybody, even the most ardent Iowa Hawkeye fans, would, would, would acknowledge that they probably weren't the number two team in the country. But just a a collaboration of things led to them being number two. One, it tipped the cap to Iowa. They've won every game. So they, they were one of just a handful of undefeated teams left. Uh, they beat a really good Iowa State team on the road. That's a great win. Uh, they won the opener handily against a team in Indiana that was at the time preseason ranked 17th. So 
Um, you know, they had a couple of nice wins there, and they just kept doing it. Then they beat Penn State, who was ranked, what, fourth? Yep. So they 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 deserve the ranking, but I think most everyone would acknowledge they they weren't they're not the second best team in the country. Alabama loses. Uh, I forget who else lost up in there. Ohio State obviously lost earlier, yeah. but Oregon was um, too, so and they lost. Sudden, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, you're one of just a handful of undefeated. You've got those three great wins, and you're ranked number two. So let's start with that. They're pra- they're they're, pra- they're a top fifteen team. I think that's true. Uh, but look, top 15 teams lose, right? They're, 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 you know, they're, you're not undefeated when you're a top 15 team. Uh, when you're a top five team, maybe you are. But top 15, you're going to lose somewhere. And it's funny because I had a, you know, I grew up in Iowa, so I follow that, have followed that program forever, and was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who who goes to every Hawkeye game, and I, I told him, I said, look, this this look, Iowa's good. Their defense is great. Their offense, if you're a Hawkeye fan, has to scare you a little bit. I would not be surprised if Iowa finished 10 and 2. I told him that last week. I said, heck, they could lose to Purdue. And he laughed at me. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him since the game. I, I'm, I'm letting him uh, rest a little bit from that. I'm sure he's not happy, and nor are a lot of Iowa fans happy, mm-hmm. I'm sure about it. But to me, it just wasn't a team, and it isn't a team that's just going to waltz into the playoffs. They they play at Wisconsin this week. That's no picnic. They have Minnesota at home, and they play at Nebraska. At some point, and I was hoping it wouldn't be last week. We're lucky it wasn't. At some point, Nebraska's going to break through with a win. They they will not shoot themselves in the foot. They're a talented team. That quarterback is talented. Um, And could it be with Iowa at home in the last week of the year to try to get the Huskers into a bowl game? Maybe. So, you know, to think this uh, West is now done, Iowa has, you know, they, they have some games left now. Um, in fact, Iowa does not control its own destiny, believe it or not. If I have this right, I looked at this this morning, two teams in the West control their own destiny. Uh, Minnesota, if Minnesota wins out, it doesn't matter what else happens, they'll, they'll make it to Indianapolis. The other team, believe it or not, the good old Badgers. If the Badgers, they had two losses, they barely beat Army over the weekend, but they just continue to plug away. Uh, where they're sitting now because they still have on their schedule Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue. If they win out and get wins, obviously if they win out, they're going to beat all three of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the best anyone could do is have two losses, and guess what? Wisconsin would win the West. Iowa, if it wins out, would need help because Purdue sitting at one loss, if it wins out, would win the tiebreaker. So Iowa needs help. I mean, I think Purdue will lose. They still have Ohio State. I mean, you know, I don't think Purdue, frankly, is that great of a team. Um, it just so happened they beat Iowa. So, anyway, it's a it's a heck of a battle in the West. I think it's opened everything up. If Iowa wins against Purdue last week, um, you know, they basically have a nice shield over most everybody else. But as it stands now with that loss, um, everyone's got at least one. Uh, Minnesota, Purdue, and Iowa have one. Wisconsin's lingering with two. Obviously, Illinois is out of it. Nebraska's out of it. They can't win it the division we're talking, they can win games they just, and they can play spoiler, but they can't win the division. Northwestern's out of it. So, uh, man, it's, it's, I think it's pretty open at this point. A couple more goal for football questions. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the running back situation, the third, fourth, fifth uh, string running back. Uh, we know Mo Ibrahim is done for the year, but kind of a lot of questions about Trey Potts and what happened uh, two weeks ago. Do you have a, a, a health status update on Potts? We know he's not going to play again this year, but just a lot of, a lot of worry and a lot of concern over what happened uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, I don't. Um, the only thing we keep getting told is that uh, he's going to be okay, which uh, indicates to me that it was a pretty serious situation, at least for the for the immediate term there. And you know, we did uh, the only and and they have not told us uh, me anyway. I do not know what the injury was. I've had have people ask me that all the time, 
And and I'll admit there are times where I do know what an injury is, and because of the you know because they allow me to go to practice, you know I have to not release that info right. um, until kickoff or what have you. So so there are times uh, Zeke where I may know an injury, but I'm not going to release it um, until until kickoff just because you know nobody else will know either. Um, but in this case, I really don't know. They have not told us. They're not interested in letting anybody know. And a lot of people are concerned. So I, I know some people have an issue with that. But I think the family wants some privacy with it all. Uh, but it was a serious. It was clearly a serious situation. Um, we, uh, the radio crew, does travel with the team, and so it was scary because we got on the bus. Uh, there's five buses on road games that travel from the stadium to get the team to the airport. Of course, we're with the the group on on bus five, which is most you know most all the hanger ons, radio, uh, some of the medical staff, um, you know uh, some of the athletic department. Those those you know the teams are on buses one. The team is on bus one, two, and three. Um, bus four is I think for some coaches. And anyway, we're, it doesn't matter. We're on bus five. Uh, Mark Coyle, the athletic director, is on bus five with us. And so we knew that. Uh, so I did not know who I saw. I saw the ambulance leave after the game. I'm like, huh, I wonder what that was. And then when I saw Mark Coyle, and I'm a big fan of Mark Coyle, and, and obviously, um, you know, that, that isn't a surprise because I work with him, but he, he is just a, a, a sweetheart of a guy, a uh, caring dude. Um, and when I saw how he worked that situation in terms of trying to keep calm, but the concern on his face, that's when I knew, Zeke, I'm like, okay, this isn't just a, hey, he banged a rib here. This is you know, there's something going on here. Well, then Mark ended up staying overnight with the team doctor and the team trainer. Wow. P.J. Fleck came back with the team, um, which, you know, they, they discussed who, who should stay and who should go. Someone needs to be the, you know, the guy in charge of the team. And they chose, they said, they, I, think, I think the head coach needs to be with the team after this nice win, uh, get them back, uh, calm their nerves. This is their friend and their teammate. Mm -hmm. um, the athletic director, the guy in charge will stay. And Mark worked that afternoon, the rest of that afternoon, to get Trey's parents in from Pennsylvania to get to the hospital. They made it. And then Mark stayed for a day or two. And then PJ flew out on Tuesday. Remember, it was a bye week. And I think the Gophers were a little bit lucky in that because I think there was probably some distracted minds of the coaching staff and the yeah. players and everybody else. So, um, so, so yeah, it was, it was a serious deal. He was in the hospital for six days. So that tells you whatever it was. Um, you know, it was not just a sprained ankle, you know, so um, he's back. Um, he did not, they were hoping he could come out and watch practice last week. It's my understanding. He did not uh, make it to practice and he's hoping to make it this week at some point, maybe even tomorrow. Um, but uh, you know, as it turns out, uh, I thought the Gopher running game was pretty good against Nebraska. So uh, the hope from a football perspective is, is that that continues that way. And uh, then Trey Potts continues to uh, progress and heal and uh, recover a hundred percent. Yeah, Bryce Williams, uh, that 56-yard touchdown pretty much sealed it for the Gophers uh, uh, on Saturday. One more uh, offensive question for this football team. Uh, Tanner Morgan, he's been, he's been hot, he's been cold, was, was really good the first half, uh, struggled a little bit in the, in, in the second half. Which, which Tanner Morgan do you think will, will we see against Maryland? Yeah. First half Tanner Morgan or second half Tanner Morgan? Well, obviously, we all hope the first half, and I think I do still think some of it is the positions that the, the game plan is putting him in. I think the Gophers got the lead uh, on the arm of it uh, of him, and then um, tried to protect that lead. They got, frankly, I think I don't think conservative is the right term um, because they still were throwing the ball, but I do think uh, PJ likes to protect the lead is how I would phrase it, and I'm not going to argue with it because he's won a lot of games, but. 
Um, there are also times where you have to keep the foot pedal down a little bit, and I think they got spooked a little bit when he threw those back-to-back interceptions in the third quarter. I will I will defend Tanner on those because I I uh, could see the the flags and both those throws were right into the teeth of a crosswind from the northwest uh, and he was throwing toward the northwest the wind was coming from the northwest mm-hmm. um, both guys were open and he underthrew both of them and I have to believe the wind was a factor in that so um, you know it is what it is if he throws the first one maybe a half second quicker and five yards farther uh, the ball lands right in Mike Brown Stevens' lap, about five yards deep in the end zone, and we say, "My God, this guy's having the game of his life." Um, and the second one, um, I-, I saw a lot of people saying it was a terrible throw. It was obviously not on target, but we know exactly where the throw was headed. Uh, I mean, he-, he was going, he was trying to get it over the guy that intercepted it. The guy was another eight or nine yards past that. The receiver, I think it was Chris Altman Bell, and he's open. He just undershot it. The wind probably knocked it down a little bit, and it's an interception. So I, I'm, I'm going to give him a little leeway. But once that happened, I think the coaches got a little protective of the game plan. And, um, uh, you know, the next thing you know, uh, uh, Nebraska makes a couple of uh, drives and makes it interesting. And you know what? That, that's, that's the way football is. I mean, we saw that with the Vikings again yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, all these games are close. So the Gophers are, I mean, I think the Gophers are a really good team. But I also think that they're not Ohio State. They're not going to hang 60 on somebody. So um, if this is a problem um, in terms of, hey, uh, man, a lot of close games. Yep, that's what it's going to take. I said, and I remember saying in August, um, the team that wins the close games is going to win the West because there's going to be a lot of close ones. And so I'm happy at this point. Like people are, well, they didn't look great at Purdue, but they won, and they didn't look great Saturday against Nebraska. That, that's how you win it. That's how you grind it out. You know, you just have to grind it out. And that's how Wisconsin's done it for years. Now, have they occasionally rolled somebody 50 to 10? Sure. And the Gophers at some point may be able to do that as well this year. But right now, um, you take every win as they come and and, uh, be happy with it and move on to the next week. A lot of wins in Minnesota over the weekend. Go for football wins. Go for uh, women's hockey wins. Uh, MNUFC wins. The Wild win. The Vikings win. But probably the most interesting one was the way that go for hockey won, the men's team, uh, in overtime at St. Cloud State. Uh, a lot of controversy in this one, not just what happened on the ice with the hooking, uh, the missed hooking penalty uh, in overtime, but also the way that fans reacted to, to, to the, the, yeah. the, the non-call. Uh, tell us what happened in St. Cloud. Yeah, so I did not watch the game um, on Saturday night, but I um, I was listening to the game, and um, I was listening to Wally and Frank, and so it goes to overtime, and I was a little disappointed that they let that late St. Cloud goal in to send it to overtime, and so um, I did later see the replay on a on a Twitter feed, and there was a, a you know it was a clear hook and a grab yeah. of the jersey both. I mean, not only did he hook him, but he grabbed him with the jersey, and then I think what cost St. Cloud State, and I, I do think they're. Look, the ref made a, hor- a, a terrible no-call, but the, there was definitely embellishment by the Husky player as well. Um, he, he definitely then flailed his hands in the air like he just got shot, you know, by a cannonball from the upper deck or something. And I think the official said, ah, that's a dive. Um, that's the only explanation, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it was clear, you know. And if you see it in real time, it, you know, and you have a different angle, maybe, you know, maybe, you you know, 5% you can justify it. Um, but that's what the official said afterwards is the guy dove. If he just if he just plays it straight, I think it's okay, but he embellished it, and I think the official said, not nah, not going to do that tonight. And it's overtime. They, uh, they let you play overtime. That said, it was, it was just a terrible call. 
And um, the NCHC, which is the host institution here because it was a St. Cloud home game, um, released a statement. It was an NCHC crew that uh, they missed the call. Um, and uh, the official apparently, it said, uh, may be reprimanded. Uh, they'll keep that internal, whatever the, whatever the punishment might be. Hmm. And then the St. Cloud fans, of course, went nuts because it was pretty obvious and started throwing stuff onto the, onto the ice. And that's no good. You never want to see that. So they condemned uh, and, and sent a letter of, uh, well, what do you call it, a letter of, um, they, they just weren't, I'm forgetting the name, but they called a letter uh, when they scold somebody. But they, they basically scolded the school and the, and the students and the, and the fans for throwing stuff on the ice. Brett Larson, a very fine coach for, for the Huskies, who led them to the championship game last year, um, was mad about the fans' behavior, but obviously he was not real thrilled with the officials' call either. I think at the end of the day, I'm not a great hockey mind, but in talking with people who know hockey better than I, uh, they all they all thought that Minnesota deserved to win. Like they they played a better game from start to finish, um, and so the outcome with Minnesota winning was fine. But it certainly, you know, hockey is a sport where you can be outplayed and you can win, you know. Like, I mm-hmm. thought Friday's game, Minnesota outplayed St. Cloud. I watched that game in the first period handily, but one turnover and all of a sudden the puck's in the back of the goal for net and it's one nothing St. Cloud, even though Minnesota had controlled that period. And then St. Cloud uh, dominated the second period, and then, you know, it was maybe a coin toss or a little better for St. Cloud in the third. But um, I, from what I understand on, on Saturday, most people felt Minnesota – uh, you know, had had a the the ice edged their way a little bit. So um, you know, if they win, they win. It was just kind of a crummy way for a team to win. And and it was interesting. I was listening live, and Wally Shaver, um, you know, he loves the Gophers, and um, and and he, he the call was pretty good. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, he he basically said, "How could they not call that?" And now it's a goal, and the refs blew it. It was it was pretty funny to hear our buddy Wally uh, on the call late in that game. So. It was, it was, a, it was, you know, look, it's, it's early. We're in October. It's not going to knock anybody out of the postseason. Um, you know, there's no use to lose any sleep over it. That said, it, um, it was unfortunate that that's how a really good hockey game had to end on a, on a, on a no call that was uh, clearly should have been a penalty. Mike, if someone wants to stay up to date on, on all things go for sports, where's the best place they can uh, do that online? Yeah, best place is right to the Gopher webpage, gophersports.com. That that has the schedules. It has some feature stories. It has some podcasts, um, you know, and, and um, you, you can follow it there. Gopher Sports is where you get the, the uh, you know, ticket info, game info, player profiles, uh, rosters, all that stuff. Awesome, Mike. Well, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule today. I know Mondays after game day is pretty busy for you as you get ready for Maryland uh, at home this Saturday. Should be a good one. Yeah, looking forward to it, you know, and it's an important one. Now that Minnesota's in the thick of this thing, um, you know, they've got some winnable games. They have to take them one at a time, but you got Maryland, Northwestern, and Illinois, the next three, and, you know, uh, knock on wood, if you can be successful, you're going to have some fun football to watch in November. So let's uh, take care of business first here with the Terrapins on Saturday. Go for preview game at 1230 on Saturday, 230 kickoff from Huntington Bank Stadium. Mike, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I know you got to go. Uh, have a great week. We'll, we'll hear from you on Saturday. Okay, always enjoy it. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger good. So we dude. All right, thanks again to Mike Graham of the Gopher Sports Radio Network for joining me on the Sports Wrap today. If you missed any of that interview, you can go back and re-listen to it momentarily online, kdlmradio.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. 
Couple can't wait moments today. Monday night football, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, if Josh Allen would score fewer than 24 fantasy football points tonight, that'd be fantastic and I'd be forever in your debt, Josh Allen. Bills Titans tonight, 6.30 pregame show, 7.20 kickoff from Tennessee. You've got Game 3 of the ALCS tied at one game apiece. Houston at Boston tonight. Didn't talk about this, but back-to-back walk-off wins for the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. They lead that series two games to nothing. And it's awesome because as, as pessimistic as Minnesota sports fans are, Atlanta fans are the exact same way. Because they've blown so many leads and saw so many championship runs crumble and now with the Braves up 2 nothing, and on the brink of the World Series, it's kind of like, all right, when's the when's the other shoe going to drop? When is the bad thing going to happen? Could potentially start tomorrow in L.A., Braves fans. Game 3, Braves and Dodgers tomorrow. Tonight, Game 3, Red Sox and Astros at 7.08 first pitch from Boston as that series shifts from Texas back to the East Coast. You can find our full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. Of course, we got Laker football coming up on Wednesday, the regular season finale at home against DGF. You can find the other Lakers sports broadcasts, plus our broadcast schedule for Perm Yellow Jackets and the Holly Nuggets online at kdlmradio.com as well. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow at 9.30 on the station you can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, way past 10 o'clock. Quick CBS News break, and then those classic hits roll on KDLM.